You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And this is Sherry Berger. And today, we are so fortunate to have Suzanne Weiss, Executive Director of the Nebraska Arts Council, to join us on our podcast. Suzanne has an amazing career in advocating for arts in Nebraska. She has been the Executive Director at the Nebraska Arts Council since 2003. She holds a Master's of Arts degree in Art History from the University of Kansas with a specialization in American painting and photography. She was a curator at the Sheldon Art Museum, the Jocelyn Art Museum, and Northwestern's University Block Gallery, and has taught at Creighton University and the University of Nebraska System. Suzanne has been a member of the Mid-American Arts Alliance Board of Directors for 16 years. She has influenced the Nebraska State Board of Education to approve Nebraska's first statewide fine arts standards in February 2014. She reestablished the Nebraskans for Arts organization. Because of her leadership, Nebraska was one of the first states to participate in the National Endowment of the Arts Education Leaders Institute and was also selected to participate in their alumni gathering in 2012. And in 2018, she won the National Assembly of State Arts Agencies Gary Young Award, which is the highest honor for an executive leadership in this field. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. (laughs) Quite an accomplishment. Yes, well, uh, so I think it's safe to say that you've uh, found your path in the arts and and have been uh, immensely successful. Uh, So... How did you come to have a passion for your role within the Nebraska Arts Council? Well, this is the reason that I'm never asked to go to career days, because, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you're supposed to be saying to young people, you know, you've got to have a goal. And I can't say that I really understood what I was going to be doing or what I would have a goal to do. Um, It kind of evolved when I was in college that I knew I wasn't an artist. I mean, I was good in art, but it wasn't something that I knew I could do because artists are very singular in what they do. And I was too peripatetic. I just would sit down to write a paper, and it was supposed to be on Chinese uh, Ming-era ceramics and I'd be flipping through books and this was in the era you know before digital right and I'd find an article on Serbian painters and think well this looks really interesting (laughs) and before I knew it you know my time was up and I wouldn't write the best paper in the world so fair enough uh, that's that's kind of who I am and and frankly that's done me well being an arts administrator yes There's an interest in, yeah, not, there's not just an interest in a few things. You have a very wide interest in the arts. Well, and you jump from thing to thing. So, True. Um, you know, you have to deal with the legislature, as you know, when you just walked in today. Yes, I, indeed. I was on the phone uh, with a senator's office, and um, we do grants, so I have to kind of understand how that works. Um, I love working with my staff because they are in other disciplines like theater and music, and I've learned so much about those disciplines other than my own. Yeah. So 
We're missing a dancer, though. I wish we had someone in dance on Fair the enough. Mm. Get a we'll dancer that in there. here. That's right. <laughs> Get a dancer in this lady's office. <laughs> well, I read through your core beliefs and your strategy that you have online, and I love your core beliefs. In fact, it's they're very much the beliefs that we have about why we want to do the podcast mm-hmm. as well. So um, what is the mission of the Nebraska Arts Council? Well, our official mission is we're a state agency that supports, cultivates, and sustains the arts for the people of Nebraska. So I like broad mission statements because then it encompasses, and it's inclusive, and as referring to our core beliefs, uh, inclusivity is very important to us. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. Yeah, us as well. So on your eligibility for grants, what kinds of things do they fund and what are the types of grants that you offer? Yeah. Oh, it kind of goes from A to Z. Okay. Um, if the, the bottom line is you have to be a not-for-profit organization. Okay, non-for-profit, first of all. Okay. First of all, and you have to have articles of incorporation with the state of Nebraska Okay. And a few other little details like that. And then it's really more about doing something in the arts. And I think sometimes people get a little frustrated with us because they may be a social service agency and they've decided, well, we want to do this thing that will then promote breast cancer awareness. That may work if the art is driving the project. But okay. often, the projects driving the art, and so that okay. it's not that unique, in-depth experience in the arts. Okay. And I know that's a nuance sometimes that it's hard for people outside the arts to grasp. Sure, yeah. I mean, we want, we I, want to I be inclusive it. with yeah. everyone of, that they like the Absolutely. arts, yay! Yes. <laughs> but um, when it comes to obtaining a grant... You really want, it's, you need to pay an artist. You need to allow the art to perhaps interpret what it is your goal is in, in your project. That's not a big deal with arts organizations that are applying for grants, but sometimes with other not-for-profits, um, we have to work with them a little bit on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. So the, the the technology for accessibility is changing so that more people can be included. What are you seeing as the norm? Are you seeing, I know that some of the theaters are doing like tablets for people who are deaf and that type of thing. Are you seeing anything on the technology side that's helping people be inclusive? We are. And fortunately, we have just gotten a little more deeply into that field. We have a little pool of funds for accessibility grants. And what's really changed, I mean, I think that's such a good question. It's it's what's enabled you to be here in my office and doing this podcast. It's the digitalization yes. that uh, makes it so much easier. I mean, you don't have to install these massive infrastructures anymore into a theater. It can be done, um, some things can be done through a phone. Um, There's that audio description. Well, that can go through a phone. Whereas before, you had to have all of this special equipment installed in seats and Mm -hmm. It's yeah, amazing. It is. Yeah, it was. I know some of the theaters are using like uh, the pads or tablets. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. For uh, I think 
And then the audio descript program that we saw yes. for the visually impaired. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that is slowly but surely making its way it in, is. which is really neat to see. I was absolutely amazed when I first heard about it. And I'm like, oh, of course, of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course they can do this. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way because technology is allowing us to do those things. But technology is also keeping more people away from the arts and having that personal experience as well, I think. They'd rather stay home and mess with Netflix than go experience, you know, an art experience like theater. It's, it's such a double-edged sword. It can help, but it can also hinder people from yeah, yeah, from the arts. Absolutely. Isn't that true? I mean, I, I totally agree with you, but I, I, I try to be optimistic. I And again, this goes back to my art history background, but... Okay. When photography was uh, developed, um, invented sure. in the middle part of the 19th century, and actually it goes back to you know the 1830s and 40s in terms of different kinds before we got to, you know, before digital, what you had film. Right. But there was a real fear in the arts community that photography was going to replace. Painting, painting. Okay, so yeah. uh, people were bemoaning sort of the death of. And I can say death of uh, the death of painting, yeah. and, wow. and there were articles about it and deep discussions about it, and it was kind of interesting. Uh, some people that started practicing photography actually, <laughs> I'm laughing. They tried to make things look like paintings, which are yes. very funny, and you, <laughs> sometimes you see those. Which again, you go to digital, you Google something like. 1845 photography you'll come up with some of this goofy stuff yes i shouldn't say goofy stuff there's probably somebody listening that loves it Uh, yeah um, that's that's their thing yeah but it had to evolve and now it's two things a lot of artists use it as a tool yes to Mm -hmm. do something else Mm -hmm. but then you also have fine art photography yeah so well, it's the double-edged sword. It is a double-edged sword. And, and I guess it's sort of integrating too because you can use, you know, like you said, you can go on Google and I could Google, you know, Renaissance artists and I'll have, I'll get thousands of results and maybe not something that I could just go down to an average library and see all those paintings. But now I can see them all there because maybe they're not in my city at all so i couldn't see those but now i can Mm -hmm. so it's sort of integrating the two together it opens us up and but yes the double-edged sword and when you were at the block gallery you probably i i've seen that they have kind of integrated some of the the i think screens in part of their gallery showing things so they've integrated that into the museum you probably saw that when you were there oh no 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 i was there so many years ago it was a it was a very different place (laughs) oh we used to take alumni down to the basement to show them um charlie mccarthy uh the the, oh yeah ventriloquist dummies oh wow (laughs) believe it or not those are owned by northwestern university really yeah because candace bergen's uh father was I believe a Northwestern Edgar alum. Bergen was a an mm-hmm. alum, and wow. they ended up there. Oh, oh my wow. gosh! So well, yes and no, but I mean it was a much different gallery then than it is now. I see. Yeah, <laughs> Charlie McCarthy. I am old enough to have seen Charlie McCarthy reruns. <laughs> and Mortimer Schnurd. Mortimer Schnurd. Yes, indeed. With that. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. They were black and white, but oh. they were they were on reruns. Maybe Absolutely. if I saw him, I'd recognize it. Yes, indeed. 
<laughs> so you do a lot of things to keep the agency funded. Do you want to talk about some of the things that you do to keep us to keep it funded? Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of my thing, and I and yeah. I uh, will try to be lively about it so people don't get bored. But um, I think people don't understand that the tax dollars you pay go to a lot of things. I mean, the most obvious are things like uh, the roads. Sure. Or uh, health and human services, if you need food stamps, for example, or um, you have an elder person in your family that has run out of assets, Medicaid kicks in. Okay. Well, we pay for that. Sure. Um, But those dollars also pay for things like our little arts council. So a lot of our money comes from state tax dollars, but it also comes from the federal government as well. We have a grant. It's called a partnership agreement with the National Endowment for the Arts. Okay. So about 40% of the National Endowment for the Arts budget actually goes to state arts agencies. Okay. And it's a recognition that we tend to spread it out even more. I mean, it's really difficult for a national federal agency to equally fund all states equal i mean if you think about it mm-hmm. where are the big centers of high culture right it's new york California. chicago mm-hmm. right. it's miami it's mm-hmm. you know los angeles sure and so we're there to say hey we've got this great stuff going on in our state that is deserving of dollars too mm-hmm. okay so we're trusted with doing that with those federal dollars okay and really, it's because of your leadership that we were one of the first states to participate in that. So that's actually a, was a program that ha- that had to do with arts education. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they are constantly evolving in terms of what they do, and this was a particular program um, that we just happened to have the right the right stuff to to okay. be selected. And then we have a cultural endowment, which is really cool. It's a public-private partnership. The state has set aside some money, and we can have the earnings if there's money raised from the private sector. Mm. So if people go, like, say, to the LEAD Center or the Orpheum, and they're looking at a program, they will see our logo, and they will also see the logo of the cultural endowment. Mm -hmm. Okay. And those dollars are dollars that came to us but they're from this cultural and preservation endowment fund. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's complicated, but it works. And our partner in that is Humanities Nebraska. Humanities Nebraska. Okay. They get part of the money. We get part of the money and it's all good for the state of Nebraska. Yeah, it is. So what is the difference between lobbying for funds and, <laughs> and thanks for advocating asking. For and advocating, yes, because to, to me, I'm a layman. It sounds like the same thing, but I'm obviously wrong. <laughs> well, it's a it's a it's Similar. a subtle it's a subtle difference. Um, okay. A lot when you lobby, you let's say there's a legislative bill like there is now for cultural districts okay. or for let's or for arts lights license plates. Okay. So if you're advocating, which is, I can do that. I can go and say, Senator, 
Let me tell you a little bit about arts license plates and what they do. And here's some examples of arts license plates in other states. Okay. And how much money that generates for their arts council. Okay. That's that's advocating because I'm just providing information. I'm not saying okay. I want you to vote for LB 943. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you okay. don't. All right. All right. All right. Yes. Now, as a private citizen, you go in and you say, Senator, I think I would love to see arts license plates. I would have one. I like what the money's going to go for. I want you to vote for LB 943. Yeah. Okay. That's lobby. Okay. I get that. I get that. <laughs> so the only people that have to worry about advocating are those of us that are in the business. That, yes. Because it would, you know, it's self-interest. Yes, So we exactly. have to just be there with the information. So, yeah. And you have to walk that line and, and yes, and, and, hmm. and keep away from actually becoming a lobbyist. But okay. you two can do that. As private well, citizens, as private citizens, we could go do, lobby. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, I want the license plate. I I will get it. <laughs> I I'm I'm already committed to getting it. I if, know if it passes. So and uh, the Department of Motor Vehicles uh, kind of orchestrates the whole thing, but the bill says okay. that they're supposed to consult with the Arts Council. So I'm hoping that we can suggest to them we'd like to do like an artist competition. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, get it down to a few finalists. And yeah, I think that would be so cool. Yes. But I want it to be a really beautiful license plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I promised the senators when we did a hearing, I said, we've been looking at paint chips of cars and pickup trucks to make sure that it would contain all those colors so mm. that it would, if you bought one, it would yeah. blend with Go your with car. Anything. Oh, okay. Yes. Neat. Very neat. That sounds neat. I'm excited. Yeah. No, I'm 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 completely on board. Well, we'll see. One. I, I I hope they pass. Please pass. We will share that on social media when it happens. We're going to be positive that yeah. it, it yes. will happen. Please, uh, well, I hope so pass. too. And you know, it's I think that's why so many people have the mountain lion plate. Yeah. Is it's it's a it's an attractive plate. They like the way mm-hmm. it looks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they may just like mountain lions, or they just like kitty cats in general. Sure. So. We're kind of hoping that's the direction they'll go with. Yes, nice, arts a plates. beautiful plate that hopefully, even if that's not what they're they're setting out. That's right. To do, they'll just go. Oh, I'll get that one anyway, just because it looks nice. Yeah, absolutely. So you can advocate, but we also do have a lobbying group that will lobby mm-hmm. uh, the Nebraskans for the arts. That's right. Yeah. Yes, it's a it's a 501c3, and it's made up of just uh, citizens that either uh, are current or former arts professionals or just happen to like the arts. A lot of art teachers, and I'm talking now music, theater, and visual art teachers, okay. uh, are part of this because they do a lot with arts education. As a matter of fact, they... Um, recognize schools that are mm. kind of champions of the arts and i know you know the town of louisville yes, uh, yes we yes we do <laughs> and they louisville won an award 
from Nebraskans for the Arts for being a school of the arts. That is yeah, not surprising. And I think you were there actually. for that award, weren't you? Actually, I was supposed to be there, but oh. there was a huge traffic jam oh, no. Oh, no. on the interstate. And I know where Louisville is, and I know how far it is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was, you know, when you know that, right. you kind of go, yeah. oh, okay, well, I can leave in 10 minutes. Well, <laughs> leaving 10 minutes later than I should have meant that I got stuck behind the accident. Oh, no. And okay. by the time everything cleared off, it was too late. It was too late. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I know. We have those challenges. Now that Facebook is out there, I think it's just going to get even yeah. more challenging. It's going to get crazy. There's more stuff coming. Oh, yeah. For everyone that may be trying this for the first time, and I'm sure, and I'm sure you get this a lot, um, what is your best advice for people or organizations getting ready to try their hand <laughs> at writing a grant? Because that is very intimidating. I know Sherry went through that some years ago, and, <sighs> and, and she really sweated it, and she wanted to make sure that it was correct. And Every grant is so different. Too. And, every, yeah, and they all true. have different so requirements. But uh, specifically, I guess, you know, for you guys, what's your best advice for somebody? Gosh, I really want to do this grant, but I don't know what I'm doing. They do a little bit of research. What would you tell them? Number one, call us. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's our job. Mm-hmm. Our job is to help you. And so it it's not a big deal to call and say, this is our project and we'd like to apply for a grant, but I've been looking this over and I don't understand what this is, what this is, what this is. Okay. We'll help you through it. Oh, that is really nice to um, know. Yeah. And we can also give you advice. And one of the keys is... To remember that you're writing this to someone who m- may not be aware of where you are, may okay. not be aware of um, things that are, you know, like say, if I went to Lincoln High School in Lincoln, I would call it LHS. Mm-hmm. Well, if you write LHS, yeah, yeah they're, they're going to say, well, what's that? I, I don't anywhere. know what that is. So it's little tricks like that to remember to spell things out. Um, to talk about your community in a way that you can paint a picture of it and that you can kind of paint a picture of why you want to do what you're going to be doing. And you say it in very plain language. It's it's not that it's um, you have to be erudite and uh, clever and all of those things. Okay. You just be very honest and straightforward. But the old journalism, who, what, when, where, why, and how, Okay. You just employ those, and you're in good shape. Okay. So, so bottom line is, it's easier than you think it is, and you guys are the perfect resource. If you have any questions at all, just call you up and say, "Look, this is what I want to do." Absolutely. How do I do it? We'll help you with the budget. We will help you uh, brainstorm because our grants are matching grants, and somebody may say, okay. "Well." Where am I going to get the rest of the money? Right. And you'll say, well, and you provide, we provide suggestions. And people usually say, oh, yeah, well, we were going to do that. And we'll say, well, that's your match. Um, And we will also tell people, if you can do it, send us a draft ahead of time and we'll critique it. Nice. That helps you out. So it's never hesitate. Never hesitate. That's what we're here for. That's what we get paid to do. Excellent. So when in doubt, just call. That is oh, that is excellent. You guys yeah. are, or are email. the best resource. Or email. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I bet people are afraid to call. 
Yeah. They are. Yeah. No, it's serious. That yeah. I've I found that that has, over the years, it's a big barrier. People just say, oh, I mm-hmm. can't bother those people. Yeah. And it's oh. not true. Oh, uh, that's no, why no. we're here. Be the squeaky wheel. No, no, Suzanne's one of the nicest people ever. Please contact her. She will help you. No, don't contact me. Or not you. Well, I mean, that's what I used to do, too. I mean, I've been at the agency a long time. That's true. So it's not like I can't help with that part, but the technology has changed, and um, I'm still still back in the dark ages. Uh, So when I do get called about specifics about our our grant software, Mm -hmm. I'll say... Um, I'm going to transfer. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I read through your 2020 to 2023 strategic plan that was on your website, and I was fascinated by it. Um, And in regards to making the arts a core component of every child's education, how does the, the program help the schools and the Nebraska Department of Education retain their art teachers. I know that I have seen just the change in where I live in in the teachers being able to be full time or part time mm-hmm. and that yeah. type of thing. How does that how does that work? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, what we do, what we can do, which again goes back to advocacy and mm-hmm. going through the advocacy organization, Nebraskans for the Arts, mm-hmm. um, to gather the data. Uh, necessary to convince people that having an art specialist full-time is Mm -hmm. going to pay off in the long run. It's going to pay off in terms of better uh, college entrance scores for ACTs or Mm -hmm. SATs. It's going to pay off in better behavior. Uh, There are so many examples of kids, and you may have been one of them, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. who just really didn't like high school all that well, thought your classes were stupid, Mm -hmm. but boy, when you got into the band room, that was your gig. Mm -hmm. But I I stayed in high school because of the theater department. (laughs) I I rest my case. Yes, yes, indeed. So if a school is deeply concerned that they have a good graduation rate, it behooves them to make sure that they use whatever method possible to get a kid their high school diploma. Mm-hmm. Yep. So as you can tell, I'm on my advocacy wheel right this minute. I love minute. it. Oh, I love yo, it. But that's what it's about. Yeah. Um, we do, so we have school bus grants for the arts, which allows schools to write a grant. They don't have to match it as long as they're going to a professional arts activity. Oh, nice. Which is really cool. And um, I'm just looking, you can see what I have windows, and you can see across mm-hmm. the way. And if you look just down the street, you'll see Omaha Performing Arts' mm-hmm. Holland Performing Arts Center. Oh, yeah. Well, the symphony does uh, concerts for young people. And cool. on the days they do that, they have to hire the police because the buses, that's a four-lane street, buses take up two lanes oh. parked all the way down this big block to go to those concerts. Cool. And Good. a lot of those are ones that we fund. And kids will come from school districts that are four and five hours away. Wow. That's that is great. really nice to hear. And how exciting for those kids to be able to get, to get out and do that. If they're Absolutely. They're coming from a small town that they've never That's seen exactly anything like right. that before. Uh, no, uh-uh. Well, I mean, and it's a full day if you think about it. Those little kids have to get on a bus at probably maybe 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
probably they do something like treat them to a McDonald's. Sure. Then yeah. they have to bring their sack lunch. They may do the concert and then they stop off somewhere to play. And then they head back and they're not home until early evening. Yeah. And that's yeah. the day. But they get to go to the symphony, which is really nice. I want to go to the symphony. We need to get out to the yeah, symphony. Symphony that does a great me. job with their young people's concerts. Lincoln Symphony does as well. All mm-hmm. actually, all of the musical groups that have the wherewithal are just so generous with their time with young people. I'm just always kind of teary-eyed about yeah. it. Well, it's very I important. Understand that it's very important because kids are still trying to figure out, you know, who they are and what they like and. They don't get exposed to it. How did they? How it they could be their most favorite thing it. ever, and they would never know if they never get to exposed to it. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I often do as a meeting opener when I'm facilitating a meeting um, is I'll just go around the room and ask people what their first arts experience was. Oh wow! And oh. it's pretty interesting. Nine times out of ten, it's I was taken to a concert yeah. at school or. Uh, we toured the art gallery, or in my case, the Junior League of Lincoln used to do um, Shakespeare on stage. Oh, wow. And they used to take us to those as a field trip. So, yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. Often those field trips are what the first thing kids remember. And I'm I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here trying (laughs) to think of my first experience, art, kind of big art experience. Can you remember? Um, it was either kindergarten or first grade. I believe it was first grade with uh, good old Mrs. Walker um, and uh, Boone School there in, in Kansas City, Boone Elementary School. And I believe, because uh, Kansas City has such a great uh, museum there, the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art. And I believe, uh, I think it was first grade, because uh, it wasn't Mrs. Sanford that would be in kindergarten, so I believe Miss <laughs> Walker. I still remember all my teachers. And uh, they were very frustrated with me, but I remember I loved them all. And uh, uh, it, we, we went to the Nelson. I'm almost positive we went to the Nelson. That was in the days before the giant shuttlecocks, but it was still an excellent museum yep. mm-hmm. and, and still is. Mm-hmm. Sherry, do you remember? Gosh, I, I remember being a little kid and, and just loving our um, our little group that went every, every day we go and sing. And I remember some of the concerts and some of the songs from there. And then, of course, I was in band, so we did some traveling for band and went to these little gigs. I think one of them was actually at the Platte River State Park. Oh. And I think there was an art gig out there. Oh, cool. Um, So, yeah. I. Well, I I guarantee you, if you try that as a meeting opener, by the time you get around the table... People are usually very relaxed and smiling. Yeah. 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 Because it's always Thinking positive. About sure. Things. Yeah. Sure. Positive things. Well, and that kind of leads into my other question, the uh, the fine art standards. Did we not yeah. have those before? And no, we did not. <laughs> really? I read through those and those were really, I mean, I think I was really intrigued by all of it. Well, it was one of those situations where there was a kind of stopgap for um, ensuring that that Nebraska school children um, got some of the arts. But for a number of years, um, organizations like the uh, Music Educators and the Nebraska Art Teachers Associations, teacher associations, would go to the Commissioner of Education and say, we need standards. Yeah, You know, it's not only about jobs. Mm-hmm. It's also is a way that a principal can kind of measure you know, what the, their faculties are doing and why they're doing it, because okay. it's in the standard. 
So the word that was always given back was sympathy, but no, we can't afford to do this because it's expensive. You have to hire people to write them. Mm -hmm. They have to be kind of adjudicated in a way. And it's a a multi-year process. And then it has to be passed by the State Board of Education. So when we got money from the Cultural Endowment, um, I remember this very well. I went in the yard at our next ask, and same answer. Well, we can't afford it. And I said, how much would that cost? Mm-hmm. And I got this startled look. Uh-huh. And I said, just let me know. And so they gave me a figure, and I said, well, we'll pay for it. Wow. So that's how it happened. That's and awesome. they did a fantastic job. And in a way, it's being late to the party is not necessarily a bad thing because Nebraska now has standards in media that other states do not have. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's a really good thing. But it has, of course, for visual arts, for music, um, dance, um, theater, performing arts, and media. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, See, we're really proud of it. Well, and that and that was just surprising to me because I, I am I am not from here. I've only been here about five, five, six-ish years, five and a half years, mm-hmm. I guess, so far, and uh, from Kansas City. And I remember looking at, it was last year, at some point last year, uh, and the Omaha World Herald had um, a bunch of lists, and it was... Um, Top ten cities, large cities, medium cities, small cities. The 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 amount of basically art going on in each of these cities, uh, whether it's theater, whether it's dance, whether it's any any kind of Omaha was classified as a medium city, and I think it was number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was I was stunned, but then as I look around, and, mm-hmm. and the longer mm-hmm. I'm here, uh, you just there's there's stuff everywhere, mm-hmm. right. And uh, it was just amazing. And, and then and, and once I really thought about it, and of course, I looked at, at Kansas City wasn't on any of those lists. Oh. So I was like, holy cow, uh, Omaha is outdoing. Uh, what were the other? What's, do you remember? Uh, I, I honestly don't. I was just like, wow, Omaha is number three yeah. as far as medium-sized cities. And because we are just, we, we seem to be pretty, doing pretty well here as far mm-hmm. as just stuff to go and see and do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I was just amazed. Yeah. I was just amazed. And I thought it was, uh, and it made me very happy. So the move hasn't been too here. bad then for you. <laughs> so that's no, good. Oh, oh, it's been great. Since I brought him here. From- We've been doing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's to me, it's particularly in theater. Um, and again, I okay. grew up in Lincoln and um, there was always the Nebraska Repertory Theater mm-hmm. and the Lincoln Community Playhouse that I was aware of growing up mm-hmm. or I was a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I had no idea when I started working here uh, just what a theater-rich community Omaha is. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, you have your major theaters uh, like the Blue Barn and uh, Omaha Community Playhouse, but you've got just a slew of smaller theaters, and they're all doing really interesting things. Yes. yes. They are. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. And that's and, and, uh, one of the reasons why we started this podcast is I started going around and looking at all these places, and it's like, wait a minute, I, there are more places that I could ever audition for in a, in, a, in two years here, mm-hmm. three years. It's it's unbelievable mm-hmm. and, and wonderful and very exciting. And uh, we actually were just at the... Uh, the Nebraska rep uh, earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for the first time. Yeah, yeah for the first time. Oh, for the there. first time. Yes, yeah. we were in the Temple Building. I, mm-hmm. I had been there for a meeting, but I had never actually been there to see anything. 
I was just wondering, too, how is the Nebraska Arts Council helping make connections to those new audiences? I think that's part of some of your strategy as well that you're going to be doing in the next three years. Well, that's a good question, and I think part of it has to do with working with our key organizations. We give uh, annual operating support to about 60 key arts organizations in the state, Mm -hmm. and just about any you could name in Omaha um, or in Lincoln, but it also includes places like... um, the Museum of Nebraska Art in Kearney, the Norfolk Arts Center, the Midwest Theater in Scotts Bluff. I mean, um, mm-hmm. lots of places. And what we're hoping to do is a series of workshops that have to do with inclusivity mm-hmm. and also diversity and do mm-hmm. some diversity training and um, really help people understand strategies that are going to make them more open to how you market to a broader audience Mm -hmm. or how you think about a broader audience. And one way you can do that is having an advisory council. And I recognize that there are places in Nebraska that aren't particularly diverse in terms of ethnic diversity. Sure. But they may be diverse in other ways, Mm -hmm. such as a big elderly population. Mm -hmm. Well... How, how are you reaching those folks? What, what's yeah. possible to do for them? Yeah. And so that's one of the things that, that I think we're going to be ramping up. Okay. Helping people sort of find their audience and, and figure out what, who's around them and, and, yeah. and, and maybe helping sort of cater to their immediate audience a little better. And, yeah. And, and being able to yeah. bring those people in because maybe those people aren't coming in, you know? Well, they don't necessarily feel welcome. I mean, you can do, and that's what an advisory committee is all about, is they can say, well, I've never felt welcome there. And then your response is, well, how can we make you feel more welcome? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, opening that dialogue, I think, too, in terms of what you're planning for, if you're a theater, for example, or performing Mm -hmm. arts center, what you're planning um, for your seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, It's no good to say, hey, we're booking... We're booking a black um, jazz group. If you're not thinking strategically about uh, how how you're going to generate audience, if that's never been your audience, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe that isn't quite the right way to go. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't want people to get frustrated. We just want them uh, to th- be more thoughtful and and yeah. intentional mm-hmm. in, yeah. in how they're doing their programming. Right. Fair enough. I love that. Fair enough. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you. It's oh, yeah. really impressive yeah. and amazing. Now, I, I got another quick question here. So doing the grants, do you have any favorite stories about people that <laughs> have acquired the grants and and what they have done with the grants that you were like, wow, that's great. I'm glad they did that. I'm so glad they got that. Look at what they did. Yeah. Um, Anything come to mind? Sorry to put you on the spot like that. Well, because there's so many. Exactly. You do so many. But there was one that really stands out. And that, and this is just the power of a really good teacher. It was Uh, a school in, and if I get this wrong, I apologize, but I think it was Hastings. Okay. It's a school in Hastings, and the teacher wrote a grant. She had discovered that the famous silent movie era 
comedian Harold Lloyd. Harold Lloyd. Was from Hastings. Yes. We drove by his house, right? Uh Am I correct? It's Hastings? I I, I believe so. We we were... That was a smaller town. Maybe he grew up. I don't know. Anyway, well, we'll have to, yeah. we drove past the Harold <laughs> yeah. Lloyd house because I was yeah. I was like, wow, Harold Lloyd, oh my God. And you, could, you could go in it, I guess. Yeah, and it was, of course, it was closed yeah. when we were there because yeah. right. it was after hours, but yes. But she developed a whole curriculum around Harold Lloyd, including oh, showing some of the movies. Yeah. Um, there's a wonderful picture. Everybody has to do a final report that reports what they did. And there's this great picture of the entire class all with his Dark, oh. or you know, the dark frames, yeah, circular the, glasses, the thick glasses, yeah. yeah. And the kid, he <laughs> just thinking, oh my gosh, if I could have had a teacher that did such, you know, they were all excited and they mm-hmm. were all projects, and and she incorporated not only the arts components of it, mm-hmm. but also you know other parts of what they're doing. It's in some ways Nebraska history. It's uh, mm-hmm. other things, yeah. And it was just such a well-rounded. Um, project that it was just stunning in oh, its beauty. Oh, that is neat. That's right. I forgot Harold Lloyd is from Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that. I was I, I was stunned because I I I'm, I'm a fan of of some of those older uh, silent uh, movie comedians, and I have several friends who are uh, professional clowns and mimes and stuff. And Harold Lloyd is one of their idols because he was he was incredible. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yes. I always remind people Marlon Brando's from Nebraska. Yes, yes he is. <laughs> yes, he is. His mother was integral in getting the playhouse up and running. Right. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. And, uh, as as were the Fondas. Yeah, yeah. the Fondas mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some good acting and uh, uh, folks from this area for sure. Some legendary folks. Uh, that is for sure. So, your annual gala. Oh, you mean Governor's Arts Awards? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the Governor's Arts Awards is uh, moving to a new venue. We're going to be oh. presenting the awards at the rotunda of the state capitol. Oh, neat. Hey, cool. Yeah. That'll be beautiful. That's what we think. That'll yeah. be really That's what we neat. Think. And it's an every other year event. And okay, not every year. Okay. It's not every year. It's it's because our staff is too small and we just don't have mm-hmm. the capacity to do it. Fair enough. Right. Um, and yes, it's, uh, it's going to be a good and event. And so is this the on year for that, to this, 2020? This is the on year. Okay. And we have, there are six award categories. Uh, one new one, which is called Accessibility oh. for the Arts. Okay. So it's really highlighting individuals or organizations that do an extraordinary job. And again, going back to, to your question, yes. Sherry, about how mm-hmm. um, how do you provide more um, inclusivity. And one of the winners is Carolyn Owen Anderson, mm-hmm. who uh, ran for many years Why Arts, which is about having a, um, a stable of artists with disabilities that they do residencies. Okay. And uh, oh, so it not God. only employs artists with disabilities, but it also uh, works in organizations that uh, work with people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. been a wonderful uh, mm-hmm. thing, and that's yeah, been a yeah. lifelong interest. The other uh, in that category is the Lincoln Community Playhouse for their Penguin Project, oh. which is for children 
children that have disabilities. And um, okay, I do you know, think I've heard about this. Yeah, go this sounds familiar. Yes, yes, yes. which means that often yeah. each child will have um, a shadow with mm-hmm. them on stage. Um, yes. So, say for example, uh, there's a child with uh, Down syndrome that maybe has trouble remembering his or her lines. Mm-hmm. The shadow will will help uh, prompt mm-hmm. so that they can do their lines oh, and. We just thought that was an extraordinary project. That yes, is. I can't remember yeah. uh, where I heard about that, but somebody had actually had some experience with that that I talked yeah, to, and I th- they said it was really, really neat. Yeah, I think I think maybe during Missoula we talked about that. Yeah, I, I think that's I what think that is. You are right. Yes, yeah. indeed. What a Missoula Children's Theater thing. Okay. So, lastly, what suggestions do you have for just a normal Nebraskan? <laughs> a normal Nebraskan? Well, there are no such things. Uh, that's yeah, true. Well, that is true. Yeah. Your uh, average, 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 average folks <laughs> on how they can support the arts. Yeah. Besides the license plate, which we ex- are excited about hopefully getting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I think it's it's just going to what your local community provides to you mm-hmm. yeah. and and supporting that and and supporting your school and understanding that. The kids, uh, they need band. They need art lessons. They yes. need all of those things that the school um, can and should be providing. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, I think that it goes a long way. Yeah, I do yeah. too. Don't let don't let uh, some of the school districts get away with cutting some of this stuff because they need. Mm-hmm. You need math. You need science. You need sports. You need art. You need band. You need all of that. So everybody's nice and well rounded. They're not. They're not. Maybe not uh, giving it. You know, equally amongst the different things. Yeah, making. Ma- yeah, making. St- you know, STEM is the big thing. Science, technology, engineering. Yeah. I think it's engineering and math. Yes. Well, make it STEAM and put an A in there for the arts. There you oh, go. I love that because ah, the yes. arts are really key to it. Because if you're not creative. Mm-hmm. You're not as hireable, really, as yes. someone who just has lacking creativity. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. and 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 just like you know, the argument is like, well, you may never use trigonometry, but it forces you to think in a different way. Well, that's, that's exactly true. That's mm-hmm. what the, the arts, arts do. Mm-hmm. It makes you think of stuff and look at stuff in a different way and think of it in a different way, and it increases that creativity. And now you can, and now you have a whole other way of yeah. thinking mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have had before. Exactly. Right. I yep. absolutely agree. Steam. I love it. That's right. We need to, that needs to be a thing. It does need to be a thing. <laughs> well, it's such an honor to meet you and have you on our podcast. Yes. Oh, it's my pleasure. Oh, oh my Thank gosh. you for taking the time. Just Thank means you. a lot I love to it. us. Thank you. It's... I can always talk about the arts. Yeah, I, I won't too. sell you insurance. <laughs> I could never do that, but uh, I can, oh, I can well. sell you the arts. <laughs> Excellent. No, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard. <laughs>